Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit or Miss, a baseball podcast hosted by me, Alexandra Aguila. And I'm happy to announce that I am back. It's been a while. It's been a few weeks. It's been about a month. And a lot has happened in the baseball world. And what better time to come back than when postseason baseball is about to start? It's October. It's a new month. There's football. There's fall. Everything is right in the world, and I could not be happier to be coming back on such an amazing month. (laughs) If you guys don't follow baseball at all or not really into it, I definitely recommend that you pay attention to postseason baseball because it is just a different energy and a different level of baseball. The vibes, immaculate. Something about October fall baseball is so surreal. So, so excited for that to be happening But first things first, let's discuss why I've been gone or what's the deal, why I wasn't here, why I haven't been recording, things like that. So I'm a high school student. I'm a junior. This is my junior year. Started in August and it's been rough (laughs) to say the least. It's been hard to manage my time. I used to think that I was super good managing my time, that I was able to manage my time wisely, um, get everything done, have time for myself, take care of myself, you know, health-wise, mentally and physically, but that has not been the case this year. Uh, a lot of people say junior year is your hardest year of high school It because you got your SATs, you know, colleges really look at your junior year, you have to be involved, things like that. And I've been basically told that since forever. I'm a very academically-based student person. I love school. I love learning. Um, School has just been always important to me. And hearing that kind of prepared me, like I was like going into junior year, I was like, okay, this is going to be hard. I have to expect it. I have to know how to deal with it, but nothing will ever compare to the actual experience. Um, It's just been taking such a toll on me. It like, it just hit me. All of the homework, the workload, the pressure of teachers, the way that teachers are teaching, you know, preparing for your SAT, even though it's only October, things like that have definitely taken over my life. School has definitely taken over my life, and it was never to a point like that in years past, Um, as well as like clubs, extracurriculars, things like that. I've never had that issue. I was involved. I did really well in school, but it never became my whole entire life, and I feel like this year it has. And unfortunately, I'm not able to manage my time as wisely or keep up with the things that I love to do like I have in years past. So that's definitely been something that has affected me and obviously not in a good way. Um, I'm trying to keep up with school, like given the classes that I'm taking. This year I'm taking APUSH. If you don't know what APUSH is, it's AP US History and it is probably one of the hardest classes I have ever taken in my entire life. I decided to take that class because I was like, okay, you know, I love to read and we write a lot of notes in that class and that's something I also like to do and you study a lot. I have no homework ever for that class except for reading a chapter. You have a week to read the chapter and then you have a quiz on it as well as a vocabulary quiz. So it's very minimal like workload per se but the content is so heavy and it's so much. Like, I 
have never ever read something and then like completely lost it and this is what it is like I I don't consider myself the biggest history fan like I really don't enjoy reading about history but I'll, I enjoy reading so getting the textbook reading the chapter it I literally read it and then it comes out like I can't comprehend it as much as I do when I read other books so that's definitely something that has been hard to adjust to because instead of reading it one day and then there we go I'm done for the entire week I'm prepared I have to read the chapter every single day leading up to the quiz because that's the only way that I can comprehend it so things like that that have really been different for me this year and um that I've had to pay more attention to definitely a harder course so if any of you are wanting to take AP US history I kind of recommend because some some of it is interesting but if you are not like uh, like maybe not 100% but if you are not really interested in history maybe rethink that decision but yeah so classes like that I'm also taking three other honors classes and it's also been hard to juggle like those I have more homework in so keeping up with that has been hard um, things like that really school related and then I'm also in, involved in a lot of clubs after school and I took it upon myself to enroll in about six or seven clubs um, some of which I'm like a coordinator for or um, part of like the student body so it's definitely been hard to juggle I do have a lot of my plate but that's kind of what I wanted I think knowing that junior year was one of those years that colleges really look at I definitely wanted something to display and something to show so not complaining at the end of the day I I love being involved and I love the things that I'm involved in um, and I love going to school, but it's been hard to juggle my health and my hobbies and the things that I love to do. And one of those things being, unfortunately, this podcast, I've kind of let it slip away from me and set aside because of other things that I kind of had to focus more on. And I think now I have realized that I do have a lot to do every single day, but if I don't make time for these things then it's really not healthy for me, you know? Like, I haven't been sleeping well. I don't think I've gotten a full eight hours of sleep on the weekdays ever since school started, and which is obviously not healthy, but, at, like, I'm kind of at a point, like, okay, this is what has to be done. Like, this is a new normal. So I'm trying to break out of that habit that I've been having for the past month or so that school's been, been going on, and um, now I'm learning how to make time for things that I love to do. So that brings me to here. That's why I'm sitting here today recording this episode because doing this has been so much fun and I feel like now I have to realize that, okay, school is so important, but at the same time, if I don't make time for the things I love to do, it's not healthy for me, right? So, and that also affects me, you know, school-wise. That means I can't focus well enough in school if I'm not getting good sleep, um, I'm not looking forward to things, so things like that. Uh, so at the end of the day, I'm back, I'm here, and I'm so excited, I'm so happy, uh, and I cannot wait to really get into everything baseball related again. So yeah, that's basically a little bit of a of a rundown of why I've been gone, what, what's been going on in my life, the life of a 16-year-old high school junior. Um, but yeah, that's basically the rundown on it. And with that, let's get into baseball. And 
I haven't been keeping up with baseball as much. Obviously, you know, I haven't had time to sit down and watch a three-hour game because those three hours are very, very valuable towards my study time. But um, it is also something that's been taking a toll on me. Like, I used to use baseball as, like, something that I enjoy to watch. I love to watch. It was relaxing, no stress to it. And I haven't been able to do that in a while. So I might not go in-depth on a lot of the things today, but I promise I'll get better. I'm just a little rusty, have to really inform myself about all this baseball news that has been happening. Um, But yeah, so let's get into it. First things first, let's talk about how this MLB season has been probably one of the most historic years of baseball. We've had so many things happen this year that have been like record-breaking and then like happy moments, like eye-opening moments in baseball this year and I kind of want to discuss a little bit about those as the season comes to an end. First off, we have Aaron Judge hitting his 61st home run of the season, tying Roger Maris for the most home runs one player has had in a single season of baseball. This was definitely expected. I mean, come on, if anybody was going to bring break the home run record, it would be Aaron Judge. A complete machine, a power monster. He's Aaron Judge. I mean, how fitting. So Aaron Judge did his 61st home run of the season against the Toronto Blue Jays in Toronto. And now he has 61 home runs. He's tied for the record-breaking most. And he's striving for 62 to to have the most. So there's only a four- games left in the season though so the odds that he'll do it are kind of slim but hey I mean if anybody could do it it would be Aaron Judge so the Yankees have a series against the Rangers to close up the season with a double header on Tuesday so it's gonna be tight but who's to say he can't do it Um, so yeah so really cool to see that obviously very exciting for his parents for Roger Maris Jr. who was present at the game and no one caught the ball. The price for that ball was very high. And it came just close of a fan's glove and into the bullpen of the Blue Jays. And nobody caught it. So now if Aaron Judge does hit his 60-second home run, the price for that ball is going to be through the roof. Um, but yeah, I thought that was something that was pretty funny. So... Aaron Judge with 61 home runs, I mean, it just adds to his record-breaking season, honestly. He's striving for the triple crown right now, has 174 hits, 61 home runs, 130 RBIs, batting 311. I mean, insane season he's he's having and is definitely going to be something brought to the attention of many other ball clubs as he becomes a free agent so far at the end of this season. So, congratulations towards Aaron Judge. Um, And then keeping on the home run train, Albert Pujols, another guy who hit his 700th home run of his career. Insane! Albert Pujols is still hitting nukes at 42 years old. Who's to say he can't do it? So, just a great season for Albert Pujols as well. I mean, 23 home runs, 64 RBIs, he's batting 268, age has nothing on him. Incredible season he's having for the age, for this being his last season. A lot of people were like, all right, this is, he's going to take it slow, things like that. No, 
no, no, no. Albert Pujols, he's something else. So he hit his 700th career home run. He's now at 702. As the Cardinals make their way into the postseason in a couple of days, they did end up getting that postseason spot, winning the NL Central Division. Um, So yeah, it's pretty exciting for him, honestly, for him to do that against the Dodgers too um, was something really nice to see. And then on that note of the Cardinals, the other day, Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, and Albert Bujols walk out of their final regular season start at Bush Stadium. Now, if you know me, I'm a Cubs fan through and through, right? So it's hard for me to express these Cardinal moments in depth. But when I tell you this gave me chills, I saw the video and I was on the verge of tears. Just how these three players have not only been such an impact on the Cardinals, but on MLB as a whole. Like just the people that they are, the mentors that they have been. Yadier Molina, I got to watch him play for most of his career an absolute legend and as well as him playing on the Puerto Rico national team the the things that he has done with the people the kind of person he is it's just such an amazing impact that he leaves on Major League Baseball and I'm so excited for him to coach the Puerto Rico national team in 2023 and as well as Albert Pujols to be such a phenom and the things that he's done with his organizations, with MLB, like, these guys are definitely the people that you remember. Adam Wainwright, who ha- is literally a stud, like, nobody's ever gonna forget who Wayno is, ever, just because of not only how good they were, but the veteran personality they had inside of them. So, definitely chills having that moment in Bush Stadium, such a surreal moment, um, but yeah, definitely wanted to touch on that topic. And then moving on to another historic event, the Seattle Mariners clinched a playoff spot, ending their 21-year drought. This is another thing that brought me chills. Like, the Seattle Mariners are going to the postseason. This is the first time they've done it since 2001. Like, how incredible is that? With some guys who've been on the team forever who know the history of the Mariners, as well as new guys you have... Um, Adam Frazier, Jesse Winker, Carlos Santana, newer to the team, and then the young guys that are brought up, obviously J-Rod. So having the diverse amount of players in the ball club clinching a spot is just amazing. I'm so excited to see what the Mariners are going to do in the postseason. I mean, the fact that they made it is like exciting enough. Like, I feel like everybody's like, yay, they made it. Like, if they won the World Series and like now... It's going to be exciting to see how they perform in the postseason because they do have a little bit more of a younger team and a newer team. So that is something that you guys should definitely watch. Everybody should watch out for the 2022 Seattle Mariners. I said it from the beginning. This this team has guys. So don't be surprised if they're the sneaky team this year. Um, And the last thing that I want to touch on The Los Angeles Dodgers are at a franchise record high of 110 wins as of today, Monday, October 3rd, and that number is just going to keep increasing as they play their final games of the season. I mean, come on. 
this Dodgers team is absolutely insane this year. They're calling up younger guys and they're performing like they've been in the majors for at least like two years. This just shows how good their farm system is, how good their coaching staff is, right? So just wanted to put that out there that the Los Angeles Dodgers still remain the Los Angeles Dodgers. Incredible team. Obviously did clinch the NL West um, with a playoff bye. So yeah, that's probably it that I have on the historical moments so far around Major League Baseball. So the next topic I want to talk about is how there is currently a neck and neck race for the NL East. The two teams who have been literally fighting for the NL East division this whole entire second half of the season, if not the last couple of months, the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets have just been two outstanding ball clubs, both pitching and hitting. And the series that everyone has been anticipating has finally came and it's now over. They faced each other for a three-game series last weekend and the Braves took it all. They showed up and they were like, hi, we're taking the division, thanks, and literally swept them, swept the New York Mets in Atlanta against three of their top pitchers, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, and took the win and are now in Miami. Like, insane. So, this sweep that the Braves performed has now brought them to a two-game lead over the New York Mets. So, realistically, they're probably going to clinch if not a miracle happens and the Mets end up winning. Um, But, uh, honestly, like, realistically, like, probably what's going to happen is that the Braves are going to take it. Um, So, what an exciting series, though. I mean, the Mets did put up a good run. They out-hit or tied the Braves in two of the three games. And the pitchers still pitched well. Jacob DeGrom had a little bit of an iffy start. But it wasn't, like, terrible. They didn't lose, like, 10-1. to 1. I mean, it was pretty close. Great games, like, 5-3. to 3. Um, But at the end of the day, the Braves did up end up getting more runs, getting more hits against them with a total of 14 runs and 24 hits off of the New York Mets in all three games. And Braves hitters just continue to be power machines, especially Matt Olson, who has just put up an incredible last seven games with 10 hits, five home runs, 10 RBIs, average of 435. I mean, don't sleep on Matt Olson now that Freddie Freeman's gone, you know? So incredible performance by him as he homered in every single game against the Mets, as well as Dansby Swanson also homered in every single game. So definitely those two guys showed up and showed out. And I mean, yeah, so that brings the Braves magic number down to one. All they have to do is win or the Mets lose. And they would have actually taken it today if the Mets would have lost, but the Mets and Nationals game did get postponed and then the Braves ended up losing to the Miami Marlins today. So they wait another day until they can clinch, but it's going to be exciting. I mean, these two teams are probably might end up facing each other again in the postseason and it'll be a different story. But yeah, so the Atlanta Braves really showing them that they're still the world champions. So, so yeah, so that's what happened in the NL East. Moving on to the wild card race that has been going on 
Teams have been neck and neck for the last wild card spot, and it ultimately comes down to two teams after the Padres have already clinched. The Philadelphia Phillies and the Milwaukee Brewers are looking to get that last wild card postseason spot. Now, the Phillies just came off of a sweep from the Chicago Cubs, so that'll put them a little bit behind schedule. But as of today, October 3rd, Monday, if they win against the Astros or the Brewers lose to the Diamondbacks, that wildcard spot is theirs. So it could be in their hands. The Brewers are a little bit out of it now. They're at least, I think it's two games behind. So unfortunately, they don't have the chance to be in the postseason but it was a good run. I mean, the Milwaukee Brewers were leading the NL Central for a good first half of the season until the Cardinals came and took it over. So a little bit of bad luck for them, but unfortunately, I really don't think that they're going to be heading to the postseason. The Phillies, though, I mean, currently right now, they're leading the Astros at the top of the six, one to zero, and the Brewers are losing at the top of the seventh, four to one to the Diamondbacks. So a clinch could happen today, and that really puts out the final postseason spots that we have. So, I mean, it's frustrating if you're a Brewers fan, honestly, because of how good the first half of the season was, and then how the Cardinals really came and took that, and then having to fight for a wild card when you should have had the division at hand, and then just ultimately, I don't really think that they're going to make it. I think the Phillies will probably get the last spot, but yeah, so that's the wild card race. I mean, at the end of the day, baseball is just so unexpected. At one moment, you can literally be having, be leading the division by 10 games. The next moment, here you are fighting for a wild card spot. So last spot probably will go to the Phillies, mark my word. If not, I'm going to be very, very surprised, but that should close out the last postseason spots. Um, but yeah, so I will have a better rundown of how the postseason is going to look and how it's going to turn out later in the week. The postseason does start on Thursday, so there will be an episode on Wednesday talking everything about playoff baseball because by then we'll know how the seating is. Um, hopefully we'll know how the seating is and who's in it, what to look out for, maybe my predictions, how things are going to turn out. Um, so that will be its own separate episode here. We're just talking about some headlines, talking about some new things that have been popping up. Um, and with that, let's talk about how MLB is going to implement new rules in 2023. So as we know, the lockout that occurred earlier this year brought an implementation of new rules that has been assigned to Major League Baseball and are going to be enforced in 2023. So a couple of those rules are bigger bases, pitch clock, and the ban of the shift. So let's talk about the bigger bases. The purpose of the bigger bases, it's basically to prevent injuries. Um, the way that the bases are going to be made now is like kind of on a slant. So like the ends of the bases won't be necessarily straight they'll be more slanted to prevent injuries with like fingers. I assume that the players won't be needing to wear like that oven mitt. <laughs> I call it an oven mitt anymore. Um, because I mean, the purpose of that is really so that they don't jam their fingers every time they slide into the base. 
and know that the bases are going to be bigger and shaped differently is to prevent the jamming of fingers and as well as the way that their foot slides off the base if like they get pushed or if they just lose their footing so to prevent injuries I mean nothing really negative about that one I guess I think it's going to be hard for second base shortstop third base first base the whole infield to adjust to obviously especially first base but I feel like that one's not as controversial you can go both ways for that one I honestly like I'm like okay bigger bases like prevent injuries like yeah I mean I don't like seeing players injured so all for that one, and I really don't think it's going to affect players negatively in a way. Um, But yeah, so now moving on to one that may be a little bit more controversial, the implementation of the pitch clock. So this one has a lot of people questioned because the point of the pitch clock is to manage the time each pitcher has in between their pitches, right? Because they don't want pitchers to take a minute or a minute is over exaggerating but like 20 45 seconds in between each pitch because it just takes up too much of the game like I think they did a study where it's like only this certain amount of time is actual game like it's actual action happening during the game and then the rest is commercials like people like pitchers just waiting things like that miscellaneous things so definitely the point of the pitch clock is to speed up the process of the game because as we know major league baseball is going through a time of losing fans or losing people who watch baseball that was the whole thing with the um staying on with the runner on second move in extra innings like they kept obviously that was for covid but they kept that because it made the game go by faster so I think this is another one of those things that's being put in place for the game to go faster because, to be honest, some pitchers do take a lot of time to pitch and, like, in between pitches. So, I think this is going to be really, really hard for pitchers to adjust to, especially the pitchers who take a lot of time because it messes up their groove that they've been going in for, like, their whole careers and then... It's going to be, it's just super hard to adjust for, for the pitchers, obviously. And then it's going to be so hard to work out like the nooks and crannies of like the logistics of this, because it's like, okay, well, when does it reset? How does it reset? Like, what if this happens during the game? Like if the pit, like the batter calls time. Okay. So does the pitch clock reset or does it pause? Like things like that are going to be very hard to figure out. And there's going to be many, many rules around the, around the pitch clock that like the first week of baseball, everybody's going to be like, what are we doing? You know, it's going to be very hard to get used to. Um, but by all means, this is just really to speed up the game. And honestly, I'm kind of for it because It is kind of aggravating and annoying when a pitcher is literally getting ready to throw his next pitch, but he's taking so long. And sometimes they do it on purpose to mess the rhythm of the batter, but other times it's like, okay, really? Like, I'm here, like, you're you're spending time, like, a minute at most just swinging back and forth or just playing with the ball, all of these types of things, that's going to lose interest of a lot of people, you know? If somebody walks by a 
TV and there's baseball on and they stop by for a good 20 seconds just to see what's going on, most likely they're going to just see a pitcher like rubbing the ball or just like playing with the ball, getting ready. Like that is something that is not going to attract a lot of baseball fans. So I feel like the pitch clock is going to be beneficial towards the amount of, towards the fans, like the incoming fans, on the perspective of Rob, Rob Manfred, commissioner. Like, yeah, it's a good, it's going to be a good way to get people more involved with the game because it causes the game to not go on for a longer amount of time and more action and things like that. But it's definitely going to be hard to get used to. And the players, I feel like they're not going to like it. Other pitchers do pitch like relatively fast paced that some of the batters are like, okay, hold on a second. Like this guy is like just pitching like a batter's cage, you know? So it's going to be hard. And the logistics of it need to be planned out very thoroughly. And even then it's going to be hard to adjust to. But it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know. Um, they are testing it in the minor leagues right now, and I've heard that it's worked, but just, like, the miscellaneous things, like, the little details have to be worked out, like, okay, how does this reset? When will this reset? Things like that um, have to still be figured out, but for the most part, it should benefit the game of baseball. On the On the perspective of wanting more fans to be engaged, so... That's going to be interesting to see how that plans out. Um, And then moving on to the last rule is the ban of the shift. The shift benefits, obviously, the defense and that perspective of it. Um, The shift is where you have one of your infield players move to a different spot other than their respective position. So, for example, if the shortstop is all the way by first base or in the first base position or if the first baseman is all the way by second base or third baseman is a little bit more to the left than it than he should be so things like that are according to the batter so the analytics team takes an account of okay this guy hits more to the left side so we're going to place all of our players towards the left so it doesn't go past the infield so it's just a lot of logistics put into it and a lot of data and analytics um put into where the players are when that specific batter is up to bat and a lot of people are like well this isn't fair because now these hits like a lot mostly the batters are like we're getting hits taken away from us because of the shift um and then you have some people who are like, well, I like it because it benefits me. You know, like it benefits both in a way and it disregards both. Uh, the only people who it really does only benefit for is the pitchers because they aren't getting as many hits off of because of the shift. Um, and now that that's going to be taken away, it's good for fans because it's it means a lot more action. It means a lot more line drive doubles. Um things like that, that you don't really see now because the ball is stopped in the infield because the shortstop is all the way by third base or everybody's by third base. So I feel like it's going to upset the players because, I mean, some players are probably going to be on board with it because that means that they're going to get more hits. Other players are like, oh, like, no, I liked it. Pitchers are exceptionally upset because 
Now this means it's going to cause more negative outcomes for them. So, uh, hit or miss there, honestly, like what people think about it as well as like fans have a different perspective of it as well. I personally think that it's going to be good because I'm all for helping the game of baseball grow. And I think that by the banning of the shift, it's going to create a lot more action. It's going to be a lot more interesting because we're not going to be seeing hits taken away from players anymore and then things like that. So those are really the big rules that are going to be new in the 2023 season exciting to see how they're going to play out and if they do work. Um, But yeah, and then other headlines to wrap up this episode. Tony La Russa, manager of the Chicago White Sox, is stepping away and is going into retirement after a long and good career. Unfortunately, the White Sox aren't going to be in the postseason this season. I know a lot of people had high hopes for them, but uh, the cards just didn't work out in their way and uh, they are eliminated. So, Tony La Russa, who has been in the league for quite a long time, unfortunately, he had some medical issues and medically wasn't healthy. Therefore, he had to step away from the game for a while and then ultimately coming with a decision that he will not return for this season and not return in the future as well. So, sad news. Hopefully, everything is okay. Everything does seem to be okay. It's just that, you know, you get to that certain age where it's like, can't keep up with the things that you used to. So, wish him well and wish him a healthy and long living retirement. And then Shohei Otani, if you guys don't know, Shohei Otani is like a pitcher for the Angels, I think. No, I'm just kidding. But he signed a one-year, $30 million contract with the Anaheim slash Los Angeles Angels. This was surprising a little bit. I mean, the money, no. I mean, that's expensive, but for him, it, it makes sense. But the fact that he signed for another year, like, I feel as if, I mean, I wasn't really ready to for him to be on the free agent market because it would have been absolutely insane. But I know that he said that, like, eventually he he wants to go to a winning team, right? And I think, like, the only reason the Angels are keeping him around is because he is the Angels organization. Other than Mike Trout, he's the face of the organization. So I don't think they're ready to part ways with him because of knowing how their team might socially decline. So, I mean, he's he's getting good money, honestly, and for the player that he is, rightfully so, obviously going to be an AL MVP contender, is pitching monster numbers this season, has been honestly performing better than last season, I feel like. Um, but as the season comes to an end, his other competitor, Aaron Judge, gets to play more games, and unfortunately he doesn't, but he does want to end up getting to that point where he wants to be in the postseason. So I wonder what's going to happen after that year, after next season. I feel like he will go on the free agent market, but it's just going to be insane. But yeah, so that's what's going on over there in that side of California. And then to wrap it all up, the regular season comes to an end. And we play our last final games of baseball that usually don't occur around this time. But since the lockout, extra games were put intact. And we are now seeing the last series kind of begin. 
um, and then also end in the next upcoming days as the postseason starts on Thursday. So exciting, sad for some who won't be seeing their team in the postseason, but exciting for baseball as a whole and if your team is going to the postseason. So that wraps up this week's episode, but we cannot finish without naming our hit or miss teams of the episode. So our hit team is going to be the Seattle Mariners. I mean, come on. How can you not love them right now? Like, they, first of all, they ended the drought. Second of all, like, it's not like this was, like, a cheap win either. They've been playing really good this whole entire season. So I think that they deserve to go far in the postseason. And I feel like they will go far. Like, they're sneaky. They will creep up on you and they will beat you. <laughs> like, I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying, please do not sleep on the Seattle Mariners. They're not a cheap team. They're not a team who just got lucky this year. They have the guys. They have the stuff. So, especially with Luis Castillo, too, and him signing that extension. He's going to be on there for a while. So are a couple more of these guys. Pay attention to them. They're going to be my hit team of the episode. And my miss team is going to go back again. I feel like they've already been a miss team before the Milwaukee Brewers. Because it it just cannot get past me that they had that postseason like spot in hand the first half of the season, even for a little bit of a second half of the season. And they were so, like, neck and neck with the Cardinals all season long. And the last few months, they just couldn't pull through, and the Cardinals ran with it, and they couldn't keep up. So they have to be my missed team because they had so much hope, and there was so much hope for them to go to the postseason and they ultimately didn't and didn't perform at the end of the day so they're my missed team of today's episode thank you guys so much for listening i am so happy to be back and be doing this again this was so much fun i look forward to recording and releasing another episode on wednesday when we're going to break down everything postseason everything playoff baseball because the postseason th- starts on thursday folks mark your calendars if you haven't already because this is going to be a fun one So stay tuned for Wednesday. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Have a great day and happy October.